It's the Friday Press Box on the run home. That's right, it's that time, 4.26 here on the run home and it is press box time today. We are welcoming News Hub's Alex Powell to the show. Alex, thank you for joining us fresh uh, recently as well off a trip to France where he's been covering the Rugby World Cup. Lucky for some. Lucky for some. Well, no, I was going to say, Alex, we didn't put this to you uh, any earlier in terms of our panel discussions, but you were effectively flatting with my husband for News Hub over in Paris there. Uh, was he a good flatmate? He was a very good flatmate. Thank you, Kim. Uh, good afternoon to you both. Uh, my question back at you, Kim, is did you know he was fluent in French when he married him? <laughs> <laughs> he talks it down, actually. He does play it down. But, yes, no, he's he's not too bad with the old French language. I believe some of it was uh, filmed and, and made public Thanks by, to your, Andrew Gordy. Yeah, by yeah. your colleague Andrew Gordy. So that was a fun time. But, no, look, that's a nice wee perk. I'm not going to lie. All right, let's talk sport now, shall we? We're starting with cricket on the press box today. Alex, uh, three straight losses for the Black Caps at the World Cup. Are your hopes fading for this New Zealand team? Look, in short, no. Uh, there's still two games to go. We've well, got Pakistan and Sri Lanka. If you look at the 2019 World Cup, you needed five wins to get through. So you'd think they can win one game or one out of two, especially when Sri Lanka are there. The big one is going to be what the Pakistan do. Uh, if if cricket's to be followed and, we, and Pakistan play out as they should, then who knows? Because it's Pakistan and anything can happen. Uh, if, you know, especially when Sri Lanka just got smashed, we should be mm. fine. I, I like your optimism there, and I think I do agree with it, Brad. What about for you? Has this has the South African loss in particular done anything to knock your faith? Oh, it's just uh, make the make the right decisions when it comes to what you want to do. Battle first, like uh, bat first or bat second. Uh, in that situation, on that wicket, and we saw even the South African struggle early doors up front, getting you know took Quinton to, co- to cock till about sixty before he got the base of the wicket sorted. Make better decisions at the toss. Mm. That was a bat first wicket. And I think Ricky Ponting said last night in the Sri Lankan Indian game that was a bat first wicket. I mean, Sri Lanka ended up losing by three hundred odd runs. So, make the right decisions. Don't do what you want to do necessarily. Make the right decisions for that game. And South Africa are very good at batting first. Mm. The only game they've lost in this tournament is when they batted second. So, make better decisions. And and the faith is back. We've got a good team. Even even with the injuries, there's a good team there. Kane Williamson coming back. Devin Conway has has barely scored a run since the first game of the tournament. Uh, we've been relying on Ratchin and Daryl Mitchell. So uh, we've got a good team there. Tom Latham's due a big score as well. So uh, the faith is still there. Uh, we just need to get some wickets up front. And as Jeremy Coney said in that pro- promo before with Dan McCarty this afternoon, we need to bat better in the power play. Yeah, very much so. And you raise a good point there about the uh, toss decision because, like you say, regardless of the wicket, South Africa is a bat-first team. That is how they operate. And so you have to balance that. What do we want to do versus what's going to make them the most uncomfortable? And ultimately for them, that is chasing. So fingers crossed and better decision-making when it comes to them playing Pakistan tomorrow and then Sri Lanka. Uh, One player of the originally named squad in the Black Caps uh, we have not seen so far at this World Cup, Tim Southey made his entrance to this World Cup after that Lockie Ferguson injury. We have still not seen Ish Sodi in India. Alex, has he done something wrong here? Are you surprised by this? Yeah, yes and no. I'm surprised we've not seen him no because we haven't, when you think about it, not many teams are playing two specialist spinners. They're all going for the three specialist quicks and then a spinner and then any extra comes from the all-rounder. You know, you look at India, they're basically playing the three quicks. 
and that's that you know any extra stuff comes from today to who bats in the top seven. Um, if the Black Caps were to play Soda, it would mean likely moving Mitchell Sand up to number seven, which I don't think they want to do. And I think the balance with mm. you know the two swing bowlers up top and then the pace of Lockie Ferguson is is good enough to win games as we've seen so far. But now, given the injury front, if that's to change. You know, I could see Sodi coming in, but it would, you feel, be dependent on conditions. Mm. Poor Johnny Max just going to have to wait uh, a little bit for his news, Brad, because I'll get your take on this quickly as well. Mm. Uh, look, surprised? No, but I feel like he should have at least been given a shot. Like, what happens if Mitchell Santa gets an injury now? He's just going to come and call. He's a match winner. We need match winners. And sometimes the Gary Stead philosophy is if you can't bat, down to eight or nine, then you're not on my team. Like that's the way AJ's Patel most of the time is not on this team because he doesn't bat very well. And uh, I just I think that that's a frustrating thing for me is that Ish is a proven match winner. He's a wicket taker, and we need to take wickets in this tournament to win. Yes, indeed. We will come back with more from our press box very shortly. Now, though, it's time for a news and sport update with the very patient Johnny Mac. It's 4.34, you're listening to The Run Home, thanks to MG Motor NZ, performance retold with MG4 Electric. It's the Friday Press Box on The Run Home. Part two of the Press Box with Alex Powell and producer Brad. Uh, Let's go rugby, shall we? Ian Foster with some parting shots, you could say, for the media and New Zealand rugby uh, on his exit from the job. Uh, I'll start with you, Brad. Mm. Do you think they're fair? I kind of do, if I'm being completely honest. Look, his his job was poorly mishandled by New Zealand rugby. Now, look, in the media, we know all what was happening in Johannesburg last year. We know what the what, what the point of the Mark Robinson trip was, uh, and that didn't come about. And look, he uh, he was in a tough position. Uh, I think he knew that Plan B was probably going to end up becoming Plan A, regardless of how successful he was this year. And you know. The All Blacks, well, New Zealand rugby went with Scott Robertson because they didn't want him to end up being the coach of England or the Wallabies or France uh, and, and miss out on on the coach that the whole entire country wanted. So he was definitely mistreated by New Zealand rugby and I think to a, to a lesser degree, but but very, very fair as well, the media as well. like we, we were particularly harsh on him and maybe that was a little short-sighted because we saw what option two was. And the fact that Razor had won seven Super Rugby titles in a row, uh, has basically won everything that he's coached. Uh, Maybe we were a little bit harsh on Fozzie, but at the same time, he has the worst winning percentage of an all-black coach in 30 years. So there's that too. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with that because I actually think by and large a lot of the coverage, yes, you could argue that there were elements that were maybe a tad unfair, but I think by and large the coverage reflected what was happening at the time. And... I think you can sometimes look back at things from the perspective now of going, look, hats off, amazing job at the Rugby World Cup, Mm -hmm. coming so close to winning the whole thing and fair play. And that has taken a huge amount of resilience as much as anything. But I also think when we look back on 2022, it was a horror year. That's just what it was. And it doesn't change because there was a vast amount of improvement in the last year. What about for you, Alex? Do you think it was fair fair enough of him to have a crack? 
Oh, we might have lost Alex for a wee bit there. That's all right. Either that or he's... Uh, Maybe he didn't like my answer. No, more likely mine. <laughs> Fallen fall asleep at my answer. It, he's like, wait a second, Kim, I'm meant to be the panellist here. What's going on? Isn't it weird, though, Kim, that if it wasn't for that last 12, 13 minutes in Johannesburg, Razor, like, let's be honest, he was going to be named mm. coach for the Argentinian game a week later. Mm. How the world could have been so different. Could have and, been. And, and Fozzie's legacy now is that he got us within... Mm the barest of margins of winning a Rugby World Cup. And in many ways, that speaks, I think, to the quality of of the man and how and the esteem in which he has held more than anything else going through hardship, yeah. going through adversity and coming out the side of it. And, uh, Alex, and the coaching ability of Joe Schmidt and Jason Ryan. That too. Uh, Alex Powell is back with us, hopefully. Alex, sorry, uh, we dropped, we managed to drop you there for a little bit, but we're talking in Foster... We've got you. Talking to Ian Foster, having a little bit of a go, perhaps, uh, at New Zealand Rugby in the media. Fair enough? Yep. Uh, First for him to have a go at New Zealand Rugby. He's no longer a New Zealand Rugby employee, so he's not bound by any sort of loyalty to an organisation that showed him very little. Um, You can tell through the whole thing how much this process hurt Ian Foster. He made it very clear at the time um, that he thought the decision should have been made after the World Cup, which obviously it wasn't, and then to go and do what he's did. Um, for respect to the man. In terms of having a crack at the media, I'm with you on that, Kim. You're allowed to have two things be true at once. Mm. The results were not good enough in 2022, and that was reflected. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't take away from what they've done this year. You know, I think the media coverage has been fair on both accounts. Yeah, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Uh, Sam Kane, skipping Super Rugby Pacific, exercising that sabbatical clause to go off to Japan. Uh, Do you think, Alex, that he will play for the All Blacks in 2024? Absolutely. If you look at the number of players and the number of test caps that we are losing uh, for 2024, you've got Sam Whitelock, Aaron Smith, Brody Retallick, you know, they're all centurions. Bowden Barrett, I don't know if you've seen this all-wax graphic uh, where they left Bowden Barrett off the players that are departing, but, you know, at the moment we know he's, or we understand he's leaving, and then Dane Coles as well. That is so much experience that you cannot afford to leave a guy like Sam Kane out of your side. Yeah, fair play. Brad, for you, does he walk straight back into an All Blacks jersey? Walk's probably the wrong word, but I think he's definitely got to be part of the the consideration for that reason. But I think his role is going to change significantly. And that's a huge one as well. Whether or not he'll still be the captain is a is a very different question to will he still be an All Black. Yeah, but you you cannot leave that skill, ability, leadership, uh, and uh, the amount of test matches that he's played uh, on on the waste heap. He needs to be involved, um, but. He won't have played a lot of high-level elite rugby come mm. um, the, I think, England's touring here next year, and mm. then you've got the rugby championship. So that's at the end of the day, that's up to Razor, but he's too good a player not to pick. Mm. And like you say, uh, the experience and leadership there as well will Huge. count for a With lot. With potentially a new captain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they're big, I mean, again, whether things change under Razor, but I can't imagine it will in terms of uh, they're big on their leadership group and having mm. a group of leaders surrounding the leader as such as well. Uh, And the women's side of things, Rugby World Cup final rematch tomorrow, England against the Black Ferns at Mount Smart Stadium. Alex, can the Fernies do it again? Absolutely, of course they can. You look at the rivalry between these two sides, the Black Ferns will be up for this. They will not want to lose. And to be fair, neither will England. You look at how different these two two teams are from last year as well. It's just absolutely brilliant to see what we wanted this year to be with more in the women's game. Mm. Brad, I will, I will temper this by saying England are nine from nine in tests this year. Uh, the Black Ferns obviously dropped that earlier WXV1 test 
to France as well. And Brad's sitting across from me and is looking a little less certain, oh, oh, I must no. say. And look, the thing you need to remember is England's won, what, 36 of their last 37 test matches? The only team to beat them... 30, I believe it's 38 of... No, 39 of their last 40. Yeah, yeah, which is ridiculous. Uh, but what what I will say is, look, that, that game last year reinvigorated my love for rugby. Mm. It was one of the greatest games of sport I have ever watched. And can you believe it's almost 12 months Crazy. since that game? I, I sat on my uh, like living room floor and cried. That's how much that game meant to me. And um, I've got a lot to thank the Black Ferns for in terms of bringing rugby back to me and in terms of what I love. Can they do it? Absolutely. Uh, but I hope they've worked on their mall defence this week because there's going to be a lot of that happening tomorrow. There is indeed. Can I just say as well, though, the... Uh the absolute chasm in the style of rugby that was played between the Women's World Cup final last year and the Men's World oh Cup final goodness. this year. Yeah. That is chalk and cheese. Yeah, ice polar opposites. Ice polar opposites. Yeah. I know England are talking about how they've kind of developed their game plan a little bit as well and they're trying to take, trying to play a slightly different brand of rugby. So whether we see them play it a bit more through their backs, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, uh, find out tomorrow as, as uh, I think... Someone said to me, you know, they're still they're still scoring a lot of tries yeah. through that mall. So things might not have changed too much despite what they are saying. That is all we have time for here on the Press Box. Thanks, Thank you Alex. so much to News Hub's Alex Powell joining us there. And, of course, to Producer Brad for your thoughts on the hot topics of the day. When we come back, it is the Run Homes Weekend Sporting Predictions.